All right. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of the Racing Line podcast of 2023. Um, Joey and I have a very special guest on this week's episode. He's a three-time Australian Superbike champion, has been very successful in endurance racing, winning the Phillip Island eight-hour and also second in Suzuka, competed in the World Superbike Championship, as well as a two-time winner in the British Superbikes. Um, we welcome Josh Waters to the pod. Welcome, mate. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Thank you for coming on, Josh. This is um, I've been very excited for this one for a long time, but I was left in limbo on Facebook chat for fourteen months. So I didn't ex- expect this one to happen. So thank you very <laughs> much for coming on. Eventually, <laughs> um, the reason I sort of uh, when we first started this podcast, our sort of amb- ambition and goal was to hear the stories of people in Australia in motorsport and um, yep. sort of learn from them. And your mind, your, you sort of sprang up to my mind straight away because I had sort of been following British Superbikes for a bit. I knew you were Australian. Firstly, I didn't realise you were related to your cousin Cam at that time. Um, yep. And that sort of came sort of into the picture. I think I don't even think Cam was as prolific in supercars as he was, as he is now back then either. Um, But like sort of starting from sort of square one, my first question would be you've, you've raced uh, Australian superbikes very successfully. You then moved um, to Britain to race British superbikes, but what is sort of the path that you had to go on to even get, you know, those steps in place for sort of us everyday people, the, Mm -hmm the the sort of tears of motorsport are blurry as as it is just for normal four wheelers so for us yeah. i think two wheelers is even more blurry yeah no so um a lot of it was my parents sacrificing a lot and yeah uh, I, I still live in Mildura, um and that's where i grew up and 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 lived but uh i raced dirt track when i was a young fella and all the the major events are all up in the central coast area, so that's around fourteen hours. So yeah. on a Friday, mum and dad drives up there, racing Sunday, drive back, you know, Sunday night, Monday, and um, they did that for maybe twelve or so years. And that was nearly weekly. You're saying? Not weekly, um, yeah. But there was like a lot of events that we did. Yeah. In a year, there was a lot of K's on the car and, yeah, no holidays or anything like that because they were sacrificing. Then I moved into road racing. Um, I had the dream thinking that I was going to be a 125 Grand Prix rider, but it was a bit harder than when what it looked like on TV. <laughs> also, yeah. the level, uh, the Australian bikes at the time weren't at the same level and, and so on. Um, then I went the route that I would go... Back when I was racing, I was fortunate that the teams, the manufacturers, um, had rides on 600s. So it was the name to try and get a, a um, ride for a manufacturer. And then, yeah, did that. So, yeah. so who was your first? To- so who was your first manufacturer that you sort of got a ride with? I rode for Kawasaki. 
for, yeah. for two years. And then I um, joined Suzuki after that and I rode for them for, for a really long period of time, yeah. um, which was and um, when I was ready, that's when they moved me up to the Superbike. And my first year on the Superbike, I was fortunate enough to win, so that was good. Um, I had a really big crash. They opened up some doors. My dream was I wanted to race in America. I never wanted to go to the BSB or anything. It's just okay. um, that the GFC came in and mm-hmm. America yep. or a you know, downhill really quick. And um, the the British Championship, it's a booming series, the biggest domestic. Um, they have great TV. It's like the V8s. The big thing is, you know, it's run by the people that own majority of the good circuits. So it's, yeah, it's in your face and the racing is really good and everything. But it, I think it's a bit easier because it's... Um, People know about it and, and big uh, big brands, which is a thing in Australia that's difficult to get, is is the, the corporate brands. So from an out, some outsider like myself, I think when I started following um, British Superbikes, it would have been after the GFC. Um, yep. So was the American scene much more equivalent to what BSB is now? And has it, has it just... Or was no, it, um, it's like it... it the the the, um, the teams the levels weren't really it was like um, you know one team was right up here and then there was no in between so yep but I was dreaming to get on one of those really good teams yeah and um, yep. I was fortunate enough Suzuki did open up some doors but I had a really bad crash the worst one of my life touch wood um, yep. so it kind of put a halt to that and then. Um, you know, I had to wait and get better, and that's when I got some opportunities to race the world superbikes with the Suzuki team with Yoshimura, and then I'll yeah. uh, do the hour and so on. And that's how I, I kind of got the um gig. The Suzuka 8 hour was a really big event. Um, I went really good that year, it just all clicked, and yeah, I thought, oh. BSB can't be that hard. I just smoked the guy that is the <laughs> a little bit hard. It, it's like everything, you know. Um, we had some top guys from the British Championship come and race our final round. And yeah. when they're in there, um, you know, it, it was an Australian guy. Guys, uh, Billy McConnell, he races Superstock and he won the yeah. final round of Superstock. So Superstock's the class under Superbike. But he... He killed it, but he was nowhere. But um, it's just different. He's a really good rider and everything like that. If he yeah, spent a year in Australia, I'm sure he'd go good, but it's just different. I think um, that last race that they do at the Bend was the last two years when they've sort of had Miller, they've had Josh Hook come over, and they've yeah. given them bikes that they're, com- that they're sort of familiar with as well. But it yeah. still shows that even when you bring in these great riders from, you know, other disciplines, you know, just jumping on any bike is, is a big challenge when you have to go to a track where other people are more familiar with a series that they're more familiar with on tyres that they're more familiar with as well. Um, like it is a big juggling act. I think um, with motorbikes especially, like I think I'm, I'm more than um, – like I'll admit it, like even if you look at like how Josh Brooks performed in British Superbikes the last two years, 
at one stage he looked unstoppable same bike and he can't even get into the the showdown um so i think that just is a testament of how tight you know they can these championships are 100 percent. and it's um i'm not sure what it happened with josh with he like you look at his results and obviously something happened but um confidence is the biggest thing and that's something that i know when i raced in the english championship that uh i struggled with i'd never lived out of out of home like my hometown um it was just a huge eye-opener and the three years i was there i i didn't enjoy them i didn't of course we met lots of good people and and so on but yeah i enjoy um it's not like you're giving up but i enjoy racing here you know what it's also the people seem to be a little bit more honest here than um so yeah that that British superbike grid, like just from outside of looking in, seems like one of the the most cutthroat um, in terms of contracts I've ever seen in my I've ever heard of in my life. Like, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, Josh. I think has what won three championships. You had Taryn McKenzie who's won it last year. It doesn't matter. You all everyone's yeah. one year contracts, and it's the biggest yeah. dick around at the end of the season just to find yeah. a seat and put you know put the pieces of the puzzle together. It's insane. And and they're waiting for you know for Taz to sign or what Taz is going to do, yeah. and then yeah. opens the doors for like three other people. When yeah, yeah. it's it's mental. I've I've a um sort of question just to touch on with you because we're talking about yeah. you know jump like different bikes and stuff. So you were a very Suzuki kind of guy for a long time. Yeah, um, I remember I remember when you came back from British Superbikes and you won the championship for the third time on the Suzuki again. Um, yep. and I think Suzuki has a very big following in Australia. I think it's around the world, but like, yeah. it sort of is sad of their demise because they've got a massive following here. Um, but then since then you, you jumped on the new ZX 10, um, and then well, COVID happened and that sort of folded away. And then you jumped on the new, um, BMW, the start of last year, and that didn't yeah. really pan out. And then you jumped onto the boost Ducati. Yeah. um, I think that was like a a great um, way of showcasing how, yeah, you can struggle on different bikes, but you don't lose your skill. It's just sometimes the bike isn't where it needs to be. And then you'd get the right machinery and you can, you know, catapult yourself straight to the top in the blink of an eye. What was it like going from those different bikes? Yeah. I actually, and I also rode, um, I had to go on the team Honda bike too. Okay. So I, I was like a bike journey. The only one I didn't ride was Mike Jones's bike. Yeah, they, so yeah. I was going to ask, and I could have done like a story on them all for <laughs> news. Yeah, but I, I think the one that I was on was the one to be on. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it just clicked. Um, it's crazy how you like something. In, I don't want to waste time and so on if if i'm finished uh but there was something in inside of me saying that yeah and everyone has a story and, and all those kind of things but i just yeah i wanted to give it one last crack and then yeah. i actually went out and bought 
got a loan and bought my own bike to do the final two rounds, not a Ducati, obviously, because it would have been a big loan to get one of them. Yeah. Um, and then started to do that and then just all the stars aligned. Um, the the owner of Boost was going to be at the Grand Prix. Wayne didn't want to race the Grand Prix because Wayne's so strong at Phillip Island. I got to do a track day before the, the, the Grand Prix because it was like, oh, is he going to go all right? And also I didn't want to go and make myself look like a fool. Um, so... Yeah, I just it clicked on that day that I wrote. Oh, I went pretty good, and I thought, oh, yeah. I'm not going to look like an idiot when I go and race at the Grand Prix at least. And then the team, they honestly they go, oh, we think you're going to go all right. And I was like, oh, thanks for pissing in my pocket. But <laughs> best result have been third for one since 2018. Yeah, and then um, yeah, it just all all clicked at the Grand Prix. I was third in the first session, second in the next one, and then won the first race just, which was really good for the crowd that was still there. Everyone was excited. And then the next day, yeah, I got to sleep on it and was able to go better again and break the lap record. So obviously clicked. Well, I was I was very happy to see on, on that bike and do well as well because it is a great bike, but... Um, you know, it, it is, it's always good to see someone who, like you said, had it, ever since your chairmanship probably hasn't had the luck of, you know, luck of the green or just, you know, just a fair, yeah. a fair shake. And I think that's all you can ask for, just a fair shake. Um, yeah. And especially because you were teamed up with Brian starring at Kawasaki and you both were sort of around and about the same spot together. And then he sort of jumped on the other Ducati this year and yeah. he's looked really good on that. Um, so then for you to jump on very similar machinery and also look, you know, really good on there as well for the lack yeah. of time you had on it, I think was awesome. Yeah. That no, was um, and then, pretty good. And then now to see you go for it again with a whole season. Um, yeah. And like you said, it does seem to be the bike to be on more often than not. Um, I yeah. think you'll have a. <laughs> and in saying that, it is a different bike to ride. Because a lot of people have said, oh, if you just obviously um, like the boost bike, they've done an amazing job. Wayne and the team have done so much good work with that bike. And especially at Phillip Island, it's so fast there. But that's, um, it's the same bike that they rode at Tail and Bend or, you know, different circuits. And then that's what I said to someone like Mike Jones actually rode one and he's done a trillion laps on this V4R. And yeah. he struggled on it. So um, it, 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 look at him on the R1, how fast he is. So, it, yeah, they're a different bike. Like if you if you fight it, it, it fights back at you and it's physical to ride and, and, and so on. But then if you just, yeah, it's different, but here's I really a, enjoy it. Here's an interesting question. I don't know if you can go into it too much. Um, when it sort of comes to superbikes, um, like I don't, I don't know the specs of how an Austra- like Australian superbikes sort of control the bike. Um, I know that the British superbikes have, you know, they're very open in terms of suspension, swing arms. You know, you can pretty much change anything as long as you don't change sort of the engine, the frame. Like there's a lot of stuff you can change. Is the Australian superbike formula more like a super stock in that respect or is it? Yeah. Yeah. 
So the two so different Ducati. Sorry, you go. You explain. Yeah, so our bike super stock um, bikes. They're just the like the team don't do anything to the engine. Yeah. Um, the big thing is the chassis. We're not allowed. To, we're allowed to uh, change the rear shock, so we put a yeah. different shock absorber in it, and we're allowed to change the fork internals. Um, but yeah, after that, it's the electronics also we're allowed to change. So they're the the okay. main area to work on. But yeah, you're saying in the in the British Superbikes, it's more like World Superbikes, so they can change the offsets, the the rake, the um, yeah, they can so, change nearly everything except the um, ECU because they all run that, that yeah, control so ECU. But then it's <laughs> like the, the good teams have got the good electronics guys that yeah. assist them in the best way possible to, to get the best out of it. So, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you've seen it. There's the YouTube series that Honda UK made called Building the Blade and it's about yeah. that new Honda bike and I love it because it yeah. shows – but when I was watching, I was like, man, this superbike business is a farce. These aren't superbikes at all. They're so, you know, they're so far from the road bike. Yeah. Um, but it's not like, even funny. So like at the final or at the Phillip Island round, that was also with the World Superbike. So the World Superbikes are another spec up. Um, yeah. I'm going to milk it because I was pretty happy on Saturday morning uh, in our qualifying. We had the same tyres as, yeah. as they did. So the same race tire, um, only Batista and and Johnny Ray went quick. Had gone quicker than us at that time. Really, you know, just that's how good a job the team have done getting the best out of you know the bike that you can buy off the off the showroom. Or yeah, so that's he's so the, the, the there's so the so the say the um the boost Ducati bike and then the Desmo sport bike, how much um, sort of other than sort of um, people actually setting up the bike for the weekend, is there much of a uh, difference of the two bikes from the two different Ducati teams? I think um, they run a different exhaust system maybe. Um, Yeah, there's like little, they run a different brand of suspension, but yeah. Nothing like uh, major. Major, so yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah. Um, that's that's very interesting. Um, yeah, I've I've a um a sort of a a, a question on the AS uh, Australian Superbikes landscape rather than yeah. you yourself. Um, with uh sort of COVID, there was a I think there was when COVID sort of hit, it didn't help the Australian Superbike Championship with like teams like Kawasaki and sort of Suzuki pulling a lot of funding, but I do think, and I want to know what your opinion on this as well. There have been a few, uh, I think intelligent decisions by, by super bikes to put themselves in the sort of forefront of Australian motorsport. Um, I think the, um, the, the round of supercars at hidden Valley is like, is a no brainer. It's such a awesome event to see supercars and super bikes on, you know, on the same track on the same weekend. Um, especially when you, they have those, uh, what are they, the speed comparisons and stuff like that. I yeah. think that's awesome. And then um, they're also doing the, a night race at Sydney Motorsport Park this year, which I think is an awesome idea as well. In yeah. terms of like stuff like that, what do you think um, Australian Superbike sort of um, 
would also need to do to keep this momentum growing. I mean, even bringing riders in at the end of the year for that final round is another really, you know, awesome event sort of just to show, you know, Australian yeah. talents coming back into the pool. Yeah. Um, it's a difficult one that it's, it's like the, I think our races are really good because they're, they're not super long, but they they go for between 18 to 22 minutes. So yep. it's not long enough to get bored. Um, you can pull away, but you, it's not like you're winning by 15 seconds. Um, everyone that does watch it says like, Oh geez, that, it is exciting and so on. It's it's we need to somehow get it out to the to the public and so people can witness it and then they can be like, hey, we might like it. Um it's on free to air, it's on SBS live, our races and stuff. It's just not enough people know that it's actually on. So yeah. I don't know, yeah. What like it's it like, is- yeah. It is true, I think, because I myself, I sort of told myself, if you're going to watch British Superbikes at, you know, stupid hours of the night and you're going to yeah. watch World Superbikes at stupid hours of the night, you have you have an obligation to watch Australian Superbikes as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I made a conscious decision sort of to, um, you know, to start watching it. And then once you start watching it, like you say, it is a great product to consume. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of. I guess that's kind of along my line of questioning. Someone who's grown up watching supercars, Formula One, all that kind of stuff, the the exposure for bikes isn't as big in this country. Yeah. So, what kind of drove your passion to toward bikes in the first place, and how can they increase that sort of to the wider public? Because it's, you know these guys have been trying to get me on MotoGP for a couple of years now, and it's just I, I, I can't I can't get onto it. So that's because you're stubborn, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I sit and I watch the MotoGP, and you need to go and witness the MotoGP because, like, Formula One's awesome. But the problem is in Formula One, I believe, is the team, the bottom team to the top team, the gap is mm. like ridiculous. Where the MotoGP maybe more the rider because the, the the bottom team still got the riders, you know, the, the bloke who won last year's championship, he's riding that bike. Yeah. yeah. Um, We're, we've been saying this for for a whole year, mate. We've been telling him for a whole year. And I'm you happy someone else is saying it. <laughs> and hear the sound. That's at Phillip Island. When you hear the sound, see the colour, you know, you'll just be like, oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard Stadium. that. I think. I like all forms of motorsport. I, I watch it. The I wasn't putting down any other thing. I was just saying, like, um, with our ASBK, and I believe it, it, it's people are, um, you know, and I'm like it with the time. They just don't want to waste time. Like, even though you uh, sometimes don't achieve things in the day, you think, oh, I can't be bothered watching that. I'm going to waste, but it's 20 minutes of your life. And if it's like a good 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Where some yeah. other events go for really long and mm. I'm one of them, I go off and mow the lawns and then you're like, check, <laughs> yeah. oh, who's winning? Yeah. Uh, I don't mean it in a in, – in, I know that lots more people watch that form of racing, but yeah. that's all I meant. Like, it, mm. And we're on at a perfect time. We're on at lunchtime, so 
have your lunch Sunday and <laughs> then go and mow the lawns at two. No, I yeah. think I think I think that's actually a perfect way to sort of to surmise it. So that's the, the race lengths are probably perfect for the spectacle that it is. Not trying to be anything more because I even me like I watch every motor gp race and i think they're still about five minutes too long it sort of gets to a stage where nothing yeah. changes really at the end um exactly uh, well, most of the time yeah marquez will sit there for the last and then you're like <laughs> you was gonna do that and you visibly said it's you know even this year you had sort of yeah. a few races where bagnaya and bastianini would follow each other and if the yeah. last lap came five laps earlier the same thing would have happened one of them would have had exactly. a lunge you know yeah. i I have a um no, yeah a um a sort of left field question for you because yeah. I saw I saw today that your brothers did the fink and I yeah. learned about the fink this uh last year because I was watching Dakar and oh, I went on yeah. a massive Toby Toby Price, Price. deep dive. What's the fink? Um, explain. I'm, I'll explain it to you. So I was yeah. watching Toby Price in the Dakar and I was like, what What is the Dakar properly? So I started researching the Dakar, and then um. It uh, linked me to a, a, a movie called Fink, and I was like, "What's this Fink?" And then it's like uh, Australian uh, desert rally race with motorbikes and 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 uh, sort of rally buggies. And I was like, "What yeah. the heck is this? I've never heard of this before in my life." And then I went in this massive deep dive of the Fink, and I was like, "This is one of the coolest things I've never heard about <laughs> in my yeah. life." And then I was listening to Gypsy Tales podcast, and they started talking about the Fink. And I've just gone like, I just am obsessed with this thing now. And then I saw that yeah. your brothers did it. And I'm like, what is yeah. it um, like to actually sort of set out and do this thing, number one? And I saw you were involved as well. Yeah. Do you want to sell us on this idea of the thing? Because you look passionate about it as well because I think it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm very fortunate. Both my younger brothers do a lot for me. So this is yeah. the only thing that I can really do something back. Neither of them will let me touch their bike, but I enjoy cooking. So yeah. The cooking and, and I rub their backs when we're up at Fink. Um, uh, but yeah, so my brother, both of them road raced. Um, yeah. The youngest brother, he's got the most natural talent out of the three of us. Um, he's good at whatever he does. And then the area that we live in is Muldura. So there's this big desert race called the Hatter Desert Race. Okay. Um, but Fink is different. Yeah, because it's, I think, 211Ks one way. Um, The preparation that the boys put into it is crazy. Driving, you know, they'll work all day on a Thursday, get in the car, drive. We live in Mildura again um, to Alice Springs, which is like 18 or 20 hours. Get there Friday morning. Um, One of them will ride, then the other one picks the other one up, and then the other one rides. Then they, this is after they've driven there. Then they ride up and back on Saturday and Sunday and then drive home Sunday night. Is this you know, just to practice like desert just, riding? Yeah, because the, the, I said the uh, it's like 211Ks. That's the one of the biggest things is knowing where you're going because the speeds are so fast. So if you chop the throttle, um, your rolling momentum dies. Yeah. You know, it's, it's trying to keep the you've uh, average speed but it's hard when you don't know what's over the hill or and there's a lot of places that look the same but you know have drop aways or yeah but i was, it's, I was watching yeah 
when I was watching, I couldn't believe it. I was like, if you're in the sort of middle or the back of the pack, there is so much dust in the air. I have no oh. idea how they how they're navigating, you know, through yeah. the dust on on these. Like you say, they're flying down a desert. You know, there's there's yeah. bumps, there's jumps, and in a dune buggy, it looks freaky as it is. But on a bike where it's just two wheels, you're trying to stay straight, and you can't see yeah. jack shit. I'm just like, this is like one of like it's for me. It's like an equivalent. It's sort of it's not the same thing, but it's like an equivalent of like an Isle of Man where you're just going so fast. And, yeah, you know, if, if you come off, you can you can very easily die. Yeah. Well, um, uh, Nicholas, he had a huge crash last year. Uh, yeah. Just the first fuel stop. So they have to fuel up twice in, in the race. Yeah. So stop between 75 and 90 Ks, wherever you have your little, you have the fast fuelers, which the stop takes between 8 to 12 seconds. Yeah. Uh, wow. And then... Yeah, he had a huge crash, and the medical though were really good, but it's hard. There's it's um, the other cool thing is, and it was bad two years ago when someone got killed. But is the spectators? They're all there camping. Yeah, a lot of them are on the piss. But when something happens, like the Aussie spirit, you know. Happens. He was off with the fairies, but they got him back on the bike, and yeah, yeah. So he so was many, he was he was all right from that. No, he actually had um, a bleeding lung, and okay. so but he was just fortunate that the hospital let him. They checked him out, and then they released him, and then like an hour later, they were like, "Hey, you have to get back in here." Um, yeah, one of the wow. doctors. So, but the other brother, he went really well in the top five, which is a huge thing. And um, you were saying about the dust, I guess maybe some of the speeds of the guys back aren't as slow as, you know, they're not 20 minutes or 30 minutes slower than the guy who got third or, or, or fourth or something like that. It's just yeah. the dust that you can't mm. see. Even some of the guys that are in the top 10, like, yeah. like this, and I'm only going off what my brothers say, but some spots, you're down to like walking speed because you can't yeah. see what's, you know, two feet ahead. So, 100%. I saw it and I was like, man, you would de- like the advantage for qualifying up the front in that thing would be night and day because it's literally probably like driving at riding at night and day. Yeah. So, the top 20, if you're in the top 20, um, you go off at two at a time. And then yeah. I think. Your 20th bat or like 21st back, I think you get uh, released in groups of five. So it's like. Which makes it even harder. Yeah. It's the biggest thing. Maybe three or five. It used to be five, I think. But yeah. Anyway, it's a group of a few bikes. And um, it's really important to try yeah, and get the in the, Yeah, to be in that top 20. Would Could you be. um when you are finished from road racing, could you be tempted to do something like that or that's uh, not on your radar? Nah, I would ride, you know, I'd do it to do, uh, to ride the circuit to. Like a joy ride. Yeah. But that's the other thing, looking at the bumps and stuff, it's not an enjoyment. Like it's not, and then the, like, um, like driving a car maybe, or like a formula one car, they look, the guys that drive them really fast, but if me or you were to jump, you know, it'd be so difficult because we're not going fast enough. I think the faster you go, that they're just floating over the bumps. 
or yeah. of course they can still catch themselves out, but mm. yeah. It just looks like such an awesome event to be part of. Um, yeah. And like something I do want to go see in person because I like you see Dakar highlights usually once a year. Yeah. But, um, it just looked like because there's spectators as well, it just has a bit more of that um, sort of carnival atmosphere and, and, you know, a bit of, you know, uh, foolery, which is awesome. Yeah, you camp and you're um, organising your, you know, when you go up to Fink and there's no water, there's no power, there's no, so you have to. Roughing it. Like, yeah, it's like you're, what's it called, um, off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> you're literally off the grid. That's that's awesome. No phone so, service. Phone service is bloody terrible there. That, that, that's probably a blessing because you don't want to yeah. be in your phone when you're, when you're about to drive to Katoomba from, from Sydney and back twice. Every, yeah. uh, you don't do it there and back every day. So you go one way, 211, yep. and then one way, 211. That's insane. Yep. That on a on a on a on a dirt bike on bumps, holy yeah. moly! So this year, twenty twenty three, you're racing yep. for the Boost team, one rider. Yeah. Same team as yep. what Wayne has been using for the last couple of years. Yep. Are you like? I suppose it's a bit ostentatious to say it, but is the championship a real thought in your mind with the uh, you know the bike that you've got underneath you? Yeah, the team and the. The team and the bike that I've got, my aim is to try and win my fourth championship and yep. be the only rider that's done that. That's hundred percent my goal. Yeah. And this and this will be probably your first good chance of doing it on another manufacturer as well. Because what uh, your other three ones yeah. at Suzuki, right? A hundred percent. So yeah, I just need to try my hardest and do my best for the for the team every weekend and hopefully that's good enough. I have, I have a question from my father because I said, because yep. my father was sort of who even pointed me out to you many years ago because he was the one who was like, oh, there's Josh Brooks in British Superbikes, he's Aussie. There's Josh yep. Waters in British Superbikes, he's Aussie. And then we were sort of obsessed with the Isle of Man at that time as well. So we yep. were watching Brooksy at the Isle of Man. But he said he wanted to know because he he's a bit of a riding enthusiast. He yep. said when you're coming down the straight at Sydney Motorsport Park, are you gearing yep. down when you go into that first corner or are you just coasting and dropping knee? Nah, so that nah. looks like one of the scariest you, corners you could take. No, nah, you like break maybe oh, 100, 200, I don't know. There's a certain point. You just know after riding, you know, looking, but you go down two gears, break and, and turn in. So you load the front up and, yeah. Do, do different so not tracks. On, on a one, oh, two, five bike you could go and <laughs> about 100 that shows that shows you how um either how highly my dad thinks of his riding skills yeah. so he would think yeah. that's a, po- yeah. a possibility or not yeah. um yeah. you've ridden here you've ridden in britain you've also ridden at assen as a rider yeah. what well, here's a here's a question that i really find fascinating like when i watch tracks like cadwell park they're like a literal, or even like Alton. They're such like a narrow track, barriers on the side. They look like a normal racetrack, but the, the barriers are so close, you don't realise until you put a motorbike on it and you go, oh, snap, if they come off there, they're hitting the barrier. They're not sliding through kilometres of, of grass like you see on MotoGP. Um, yeah. does, that, does that sort of cross your mind when you come to a different track um, no. or is it you just sort of shut it out? Nah, nah you kind of shut it out. So we're really fortunate in Australia. 
with our circuits. Yeah. But, yeah, Alton and Cadwell were shit holes. Um, oh. it, was, it was okay maybe. If, and that was the other thing. I never went and rode them. I only ever went to race meetings and rode them. So maybe yeah. if I rode, it'd be all right. But, yeah. Well, I, I used know. to keep – my dad had this picture yeah. on his com- – my dad had this picture on his computer of Josh Brooks jumping yeah. the mount at Cadwell. He's so famous. Uh, yeah. yeah, I had this picture in my mind of yeah. this track must be the, the an awesome track. Um, you know, yeah. this, you can jump a superbike. This is like next level awesome. And then I'm, the first race I watched there, I'm thinking, no way that 35 bikes are racing against each other on this footpath. <laughs> it looks like a damn footpath. Um, yeah. And there's a, a funny story I heard. There was a, one of the, uh, I think it was Top Rack. Uh, yeah. This year went to Cadwell. Yeah. And they sort of, they sort of pulled up there and um, he saw w- what was the track and he's like, uh, is the track over that hill? And like, no, this is the track. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, surely this is not the track. Like there has to be another, this is like a, yeah. a, a, the, the, the truck support or the cart support for crash. It's like, no, no, this is the track. Yeah. And he's like, there's no way you're getting me to race here. <laughs> I could not believe it. I was like, this track is mental. But um, I do think when you see Australian tracks, you do take them for granted how how good they are. Except, I mean, Hidden Valley had that problem. I think it was um, Herfoss had a pretty bad crash there a couple of years ago, which yeah. um, was the first oh, time I'd seen that. Circuits, yeah, a lot of the circuits are like that. If it just yeah. happens right spot at the right time, normally no one touch wood, no one crashes there. So yep. it's like a bit well, of a freak, but it happened. And then, yeah, it's not like when you go into that turn, you think, oh, shit, oh, oh no, I've got through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's sort of just like if it does happen, you sort of become aware of that consequence. But until, like, it's such a sort of freak a, incident, you don't think of it that yeah. much. Okay. 100%. Yeah, like that feeling when you, you come out of turn. Yeah. Okay, that's 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 um something that I always thought about. I was like, do you is it weighing your mind? Because most of the time it looks like it's a it's a fairly not, and I'm a layman, but it looks like a fairly straightforward turn until you sort of hit that that problem. Um, other than that, I think I'm done. Yeah. With the question, Josh. <laughs> do, do we lose him? No, thanks for the show. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, th- thank you so much for coming on. Please can um assist and you know uh try and get more people to watch like i said that's a i think a good selling point is the races aren't super long and everyone that goes yeah i always say if you can see the if you can see the bikes that you're racing that you're riding on the road on a track that's always a good starting point um yeah you know that's definitely happening yeah 100 percent, and that just um yeah, shows how good the bikes are, but don't ride them uh, like an idiot on the road if you're <laughs> Safety no, that's first. What, that's what yeah. race trucks are for, hundred percent. If you have that, if you have that itch, go buy an Avali from the guy you're taking uh, his, yeah, yeah. his seat from. <laughs> Come buy one of them. hundred percent. Yeah, well, thank yeah. you very much for um, no. coming on, Josh. It's been a real pleasure yeah. to pick your brain. No. I appreciate it and I hope that I um yeah was able to help and like I said, hopefully um I get to see you guys at one of the ASBK rounds or if not on you can follow it on TV. 
I've already booked in the um the Sydney round. I've told my wife we're all going there. It's a night race, you know. Yeah. Only tw- a couple uh, an hour of two races yeah. if we good. Yeah, no, nah, it'll be awesome. If you um end up being world uh, Australian champion for the fourth time this year, can we get the exclusive yeah. uh, interview after that as well <laughs> of the of the story yeah, of the I mean, season? Yeah, yeah. No, we'll do it and we'll talk through the year. It'll just be like, oh, round one was awesome. Round two was awesome. Round three. I don't mean it like that. But yeah. I love it. I love no, it. That's awesome, Josh. Thank you so much, mate. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Appreciate it. Have a good night, buddy. Good luck. Thank you.